Hey there, welcome to Through AAA Eyes. I'm your host, AAA, and this is the world as I see it. Hey guys, welcome back. How y'all doing? I am a bit drained to be honest. I'm, you know, I think the stress is really setting in for me. Um, I've been up since 2 a.m. and Lord, I am tired, y'all. <laughs> um, so here in Accra, we are on day two of the lockdown now we have a partial lockdown here which basically means only people who work in certain sectors are allowed to go to work and then for the rest of the public you're basically supposed to stay off the streets you're allowed to go buy food but that's about it you need to take your behind home as soon as possible so we've got police and military services on the streets now with a lot of checkpoints basically questioning where are you going. Uh, today, for example, I passed through about five different checkpoints just trying to get some groceries for uh, myself and for the business. And, you know, each one is intrusive in their own way, depending on their own mood. And I don't know about y'all, but I am never comfortable when I see military on, on the ground. It's, it's not something I like to see. It doesn't necessarily make me feel safe because I don't know. To me, when I see military on the ground, that means something's about to jump off and everything in me is like, get, get the hell out of here real quick, you know? But it's, it's necessary in the sense that, okay, people understand there is a disease going around um, and they understand that it's dangerous but at the same time I don't think they understand number one how this disease spreads they don't understand how it, it can affect them and there are still those who believe this is a disease that only affects foreigners doesn't affect black people because of course you know, a lot of people spread these, you know, this fake news weeks ago, basically saying that black people were immune from it, the coronavirus. So all of that has created a lot of doubt in people's minds and is playing out in how they conduct themselves. So because of this, the government had to, you know, put folks out on the street to make sure that people actually listened. So the president here declared the lockdown on Saturday evening. Um, we were already, ex you know, expecting it because we'd been hearing rumors about it for about a week before. Um, but Saturday, actually, I shouldn't even say evening because it was at night. Um, it was the first time I saw an official um, statement being put out that late. And I think it was done maybe to sort of curb some of the panic, but it didn't help because people panicked. Saturday, the prices of basic goods went up and we're not talking about a little, we're talking by a lot and it was just insane. So just to give you guys an idea, 
let's say a tuber of yam. Now yam is a staple here. Um, normally costs about less than two dollars. Now it is up to almost four dollars. Considering that a lot of people don't take home four dollars per day, like they can't afford this. This is basic food here, and in Ghana, as of right now, we are not facing any food shortages. Our farmers have been working. We've got food in the villages. We've got supplies, and this is insane. So when you went to the markets on Saturday and on Sunday, there was price gouging that was so extreme that people were in shock, and it was basically set up for basically the rich to be able to hoard food, and the poor to basically wonder how were they going to get by. The next couple of days, especially those with children, or with elders that they are taking care of, or those who normally send home back, you know, money back to the villages. So this this extreme price, you know, variation really, really, you know, scares me because it's just the beginning; it hasn't ended. And then, and people were proud. For raising their prices, that was the part that really, I think, like you know, irked me. There was a woman who got on—I um, don't know if it was TV or whatever—I saw a video of one of the、uh, market women who basically said, "Now that she knows that there's money to be had in Accra, she's happy she raised her prices and she's happy to make even more money." Now, can you imagine? We are facing a humanitarian crisis here. And with this kind of mentality, what the hell, you know? And I mean, I'm a firm believer in karma, and you know, I just everyone who partakes in this process of making sure that no one can afford food, basic food, I just think you're frankly a little bit evil. That's it. Not even a little bit. I'm pretty sure there's a special place in hell for you, you know, for this behavior. Now, apart from that. The next thing that you know we started to see over last night was people getting flogged in the streets by the security forces. Now we were told by the government that they are just there to protect and serve, just make sure that people didn't hang around. And suddenly, here we are seeing videos of people being whipped mercilessly, being whipped across the head where they were bleeding. And because they had congregated, and you know, and it's to, I had to ask the question: Do these people even understand why they are being told not to be together? And I have to say, yes, you might have one or two who are stubborn, but overall, I don't think they know. And then you've got the folks who live in kiosks. I've told you guys about kiosks before. Kiosks are basically these little、um, tin can homes. You know, they're basically like little shanty towns that people stay in here because obviously it's too expensive for them to even get afford a room in a house. They're barely getting by as it is, so a lot of families live in kiosks. Now, when you live in a tin can in the middle of the tropical, you know, heat here, I was going to say summer, but it's summer all year round, basically. In the middle of that, and you are basically. Sitting in this hot room where air barely circulates. Of course, you're gonna go outside. Of course, you're gonna want to sit outside. And 
you escaping the heat is what gets you whipped by the police or the military. It's just distressing. I, I, you know, it sort of scenes that I've seen on the news and to watch it play out firsthand. Um, like it's really unsettling to me. The other thing that has happened since the lockdown was announced was basically people started to run out of the city. So every metropolitan city that was locked down. So right now it's Accra and Kumase that are on lockdown here. People decided to run back to their villages because most people who work here and live here are not from here. So all the Kayayos, Kayayos are the people who um, carry all your stuff at the market. So basically like your human um, shopping carts for lack of a better description. You know, some of them young, some of them old. They they basically carry all your stuff. This is sort of in for those who live in the Middle East. Um, we call them coolies. You know, the same. You go into these really dense markets, and these are the folks who carry your stuff back to your car or to wherever you to your taxi and stuff. So, all of these folks, because the markets are being closed and everything, they've run back to the. Uh, uh, to their villages. So all the intercity um, transports were full. Um, you started to see videos of people. And what was sad was it was women with babies on their backs getting into trucks that normally uh, transport food. But here they are squeezing into the back of these, um, you know, 18 wheelers and things, just trying to get out and get home. Now, this is where I say again, they don't know what they're doing because it's essentially by going home, they are putting their own villages and other cities at risk, unfortunately. But I do understand their need to want to go home because home at least is cheaper than Accra. Home at least they may have a garden or something where they can eat. Home at least, God forbid, the worst happens. They're going to be with their loved ones. That's where home is. And with our medical services here being subpar, most people would prefer to go home than stay where they are. All right, guys. So I am going to take a quick break and I'm going to be back with some interviews. Hey guys, so I am back with Kweku Enim, who is here to tell me a little bit about his experience so far in Accra with the lockdown. Hey Kweku, how are you doing? Hey, hi. Doing good. Though. So, how has it been? This is day two. Yeah, yeah, day two. Um, I think so far, so so good. Uh, the whole process is, is going on smoothly. Are you concerned with all the security personnel on the street or do you feel safer at the moment? Actually, at the beginning, I felt safer when I see them. But uh, in the news now, uh, I, I, I've been I've been seeing them uh, trying to 
discipline people on the road and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That that makes me a bit cautious when I want to go out. But okay, our society here, the way we function, is very different from a Western society. I mean, we're still, on, you know, in a developing country. I hate using that term, but that's what it is. Do you think we can lock down the same way other countries have without serious consequences to the people here? A total lockdown in Ghana, to me, is not possible. If you look at our system, actually, it's, it's not that um, good compared to the Western world. We don't have, um, you know, access to certain normal things you need at home. Yeah. Okay, and now to close it out, what are your concerns for the next two weeks? Wow, concerned for next week. Um, people are not that educated on uh, what what is going on, so they they kind of go out anytime and realize, hey, you need to know, you know, not to be here and stuff like that. But I think they should do more education and try to restrict people from um, unnecessary movement. All right, y'all, you just heard from Kweku, and um, I'll be back with a couple more people. Thank you. All right, guys, so I am back with Kwame Waters to hear his perspective on the coronavirus lockdown here in Accra. Kwame, how you doing? Well, I'm good. And how you doing, too? I am fabulous. So, Kwame, this is day two of the lockdown, yeah? Yeah. How's it affecting your life? Uh, there are one or two things that uh, are not really going on well, you know. In, in what way? Mm, let's say elsewhere, people have been locked down and uh, the government is supported and all that in terms of finances and, 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 and other stuff, you know. But here in Africa, when it's a lockdown, you have to do everything for yourself. And especially those, those working in the production sectors, you get it. I mean, once you go to work, what you do is what brings up money. So those who are not going to work, they're not getting paid, you know, because it's pay as you go. So it's really affected a lot of people in that aspect. And uh, I'm someone that likes football a lot. And I would say this lockdown is really affecting me. And when it comes to football, I'm, I'm one person um, that is a football person and has really invested well in football. There's a situation that you, you take your boys out to training camp, spend a lot, you've made your budget for the year and all that. And then uh, this lockdown has really forced you to mess up all your plans. A lot of money has gone into it now has been wasted. And in Africa, when you're running a football team, it comes solely from your pockets. I mean, you don't have people helping in and out. You get it. So, this is really going to affect... Okay, let's say, if if, if this virus was only in Africa, you would say you, you could um, lean on some donors outside. But in this case, everywhere has been shut down. So, the little help you get from people outside has also been what? Been cut off. You get it. So, it's, it's really something that is really affecting you know when it comes to the uh, sporting sector especially football i would say so uh, we are just hoping and praying that you know this virus will go away very soon and then uh, we can thank you kwame for that so i'll be back with one more person hang on guys all right guys so i am back now with nana jay also a resident of accra 
Nana J, how are you? I'm fine, Auntie. I'm fine. How are you? I am well, thanks. Nana J, day two. How are you feeling? Ah, day two. It's been a little heady because uh, I believe uh, it's affecting me mostly with my work because uh, being in this supply chain business and all of that stuff. For example, yeah, today uh, there need to be some productions, and uh, what is happening is that because of the lockdown, every machinery used for production has been brought down to halt. We have uh, sub- uh, demand from our customers, and due to that, we are not able to produce. So working from home is not even uh, favorable. It's not nice because at the end of the day, we need to be on the field. So it has really affected us in many ways. And for that matter, you know, uh, the management has said that uh, they will have to plan and budget for individuals. So if the shutdown is happening for even like six, seven months, individuals need to feed family, individuals need to go to hospital, individuals need to survive. And uh, management can't just keep watching for individuals to be like, it's shut down and that you don't need to feed. They will need to make the expenses and payments. We manage it. We are just hoping uh, things come out clear so uh, it could go uh, go down so individuals could go back to work. But now, since you're involved in the supply chain, one of the things I've noticed actually since this past weekend, once the lockdown was announced, was the price of things went up. And we're not talking about by 1% or 2%. In some cases, we're talking about 25%. Do you feel the government could have done more to stop this? Well, you know, I believe that in the quest of government to how does reduce uh, the spread of the diseases and all that stuff, I'm sure they didn't also consider how it's going to affect the economy in different ways. Because at the end of the day, individuals, you know, that when there is demand for more things, what they do is they hike prices. For example, uh, uh, just went to a town to buy a tuba of yam, which has shot from five cities to seventeen cities, which means over uh, how does it three hundred percent increase? You understand? And individuals are like, yes, because there is higher demand, that's why they are buying. But I believe it could have also been what uh, catered for or government could have also controlled it to make sure that individuals will not be ripped off because at the end of the day there's nothing like shortage of food or there's nothing like a hunger strike so i'm thinking maybe individuals in their own way with their own mindset took things higher which is not fair they are not being fair to the economy and as such when when things come down uh, we wouldn't know even how to adjust price because as at that time prices have hiked already and bringing it down is going to be an issue okay thank you now, being on lockdown starts to affect you mentally. How are you feeling on the personal level? Well, 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 well. For me, you know, sometimes it's good to come out just to see friends, to see, to feel the breeze, to come out just to see the nice things around you. So you being home, sometimes you feel like you get tired from being in the room. Individuals, they're working from home. I'm only telling you, it's only about 5% who can work from home. You can't do anything. Maybe all you keep seeing is your kids going around shouting and sometimes it's also it's even another form of stress. Mm-hmm. Stay home. So, but uh, what do you do? We have to adjust and make sure that we manage it. All right. Thank you so much, Nana Jay. I appreciate you. So I am now joined by a caller from Nigeria. Welcome to Through AAA Eyes. Can you please tell us who you are and where are you based in Nigeria? Good evening, Anita. I'm Olawa Libolaji, a digital media PR, team lead for 504 Media, a PR and digital marketing team in Lagos, Nigeria. Ola, 
How are things in your city at the moment, especially with the lockdown starting today? Um, everything is still going on fine. I must say, people are indoor with their families, but I was able to to go out around 4 p.m. today. I had to drive out to get some things in the grocery store, even though the store was locked, it wasn't opened. On my way out, I could observe pedestrians moving. Not actually moving to far distances, just like pedestrians taking a stroll along the roadside, maybe probably because they were building their houses or something. And also, cars were not much on the road. One important thing is commercial vehicles have not been operating, which would have aided people to move from one point to another. Have you experienced any increase in the prices of food and basic goods? Uh, since the lockdown was announced? <laughs> I, I can't really say there has been an increase in price of goods and food, but as of yesterday when the lockdown was announced, I could see people flooding market areas, doing panic buying and all. I'm sure the traders must have increased the price of their goods due to the influx of people buying. And also this morning while I was listening to the news, I was able to get from a financial analyst the prices of goods in the local markets compared to prices of goods in supermarkets, like I mean goods bought off share of the shelf. So there has been there's just been slight increase, not that much that people would need to complain about, just literally increase and, and that's all. Do you feel like the Nigerian government has educated the people about the coronavirus enough or do you feel like you're doing most of the learning online? Yes, the government has prepared those with enough information about the pandemic. The federal government through the um, NCBC, that is the National Center for Disease Control and the Federal Ministry of Health have been able to provide those useful information about the number of cases we have in the country currently number of isolation centers, number of bed space we have in each isolation centers, and also they've been able to put out two free lines where people could report cases of coronavirus around them so as to make the NCBC come in a swift response to pick them up. And Lagos State being the state with highest number of cases, the governor alongside the state commissioner for health have been able to come out every day to address Lagosians and also receive donations from philanthropists in the country. And then other states, they've been able to put their states on lockdown even before the president gave a speech. They've been enforcing that. They've been disseminating enough information to their people on how to stay safe and keep themselves away from the coronavirus pandemic. How has the coronavirus affected your day-to-day life so far? Actually, I'm an indoor person. I really don't go out. And the kind of work I do, I work remotely. I have a WhatsApp group where I work with my team. But I mostly academically, as university students, we've been asked to go home and stay in our houses for at least a month before we could resume back to academic activities. And that's which I say has really affected me as a final year student from writing my exams next month by mid-April or so. 
so now i need to stay home for a month and probably i we don't know when this pandemic will be over maybe till then before i can become a graduate that's the only way i've been affected are you experiencing any issues with power outages or water shortages in your immediate area um there hasn't been any issue of power shortage like that it's still the normal way nigerians are used to it the normal way we have light for some hours it's then ceased and then they restore it back and all that still the normal way and water supply we really don't i don't think maybe in some areas in the country where they use government water supply most houses have their own private and personal boreholes that they get water from do you have any other concerns besides, of course, staying healthy um, during the lockdown? Aside from me and my families and every other citizen of the country staying healthy, my only concern is just the states in which this pandemic would put the country after all this is over. I hope we should recover from it first. I hope. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, Ola. I appreciate you. Take care. Thank you, Anita. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you guys for joining me this week. We can keep the conversation going on Facebook and Instagram at Through Triple A Eyes. And do visit my website at www.throughtripleaeyes.com. Through Triple A Eyes was produced by AMBC. AMBC are specialists in beat and sound production, videography, photography, podcast and radio production graphic design, and also animation. You can reach AMBC on email at africanmbc at gmail.com. You can also follow the AMBC on social media at AMBC service on Instagram. Music.